Welcome to the Automotive Leaders Podcast, where we help you prepare for the future by sharing stories, insights, and skills from leading voices in the automotive world with a mission to transform this industry together. I'm your host, Jan Griffiths, that passionate, rebellious farmer's daughter from Wales with over 35 years of experience in our beloved auto industry and a commitment to empowering fellow leaders to be their best authentic selves. Stay true to yourself. Be you and lead with gravitas, the hallmark of authentic leadership. Let's dive in. Welcome to this special episode of the Automotive Leaders Podcast. In this episode, we'll take a look at our journey so far. In this episode, we'll bring season one to a close, and we'll use this opportunity to take a look back at what we've learned from our guests. Some behind-the-scenes moments that maybe I didn't share on the actual podcast recording, and then some updates on what our guests are doing. You know, if you had told me a year ago that I would be hosting a podcast, I probably wouldn't have believed it. I always knew that I wanted to do something like this. I certainly wanted to interview great leaders and get inside their heads and really understand what it is to be a good, truly authentic leader. As you all know, the mission and purpose of this podcast is to provide stories from great leaders so that you will give yourself permission to lead in a more authentic way as you hear these stories. I wish that I'd had these kinds of insights and stories from other leaders as I grew my corporate career. But hey, you know what? It's never too late. And I've learned so much from all of these guests over the past year. It's amazing. And I've met some incredible, true, real, down-to-earth people. The people that others love to follow. And you just want to be in their presence. When I started this podcast, I didn't know anything about the technical side of podcasting. And now my knowledge has grown. I certainly don't know it all. I've got a long way to go. I've learned all about microphones. I've learned about the recording environment. And I've recorded interviews in noisy hotel rooms, echoey rooms, bad connections. And I've trundled the mobile podcast studio across bumpy parking lots in freezing cold weather. Uh, You name it, I've had to deal with it. But it's been a fun and rewarding journey. And I've learned most of podcasting from other podcasters. And a huge shout out to Phil Idison from The Art of Procurement, who has been my coach and mentor on the podcasting journey, amongst other things, for just over a year now. I launched this podcast in January of 2020, and we launched with a bang. We launched with a party, because why wouldn't you have a party to launch a podcast? And people said to me, What is a podcast launch party? And I love being in this space where there really isn't any sort of precedence to work from. There isn't a formula or structure or protocol or a rule that you're supposed to follow. This is what a podcast launch party is supposed to look like. We get to make it up ourselves. And I loved it. And I invited some of the guests that we already had pre-recorded and others that I had an eye on and wanted to record friends, supporters, anybody who really believes in the quest for gravitas and authentic leadership, and off we went. 
We had pre-recorded, I think at the time, about seven or eight guests so that we didn't have the pressure on us to find a guest interview, edit, record, and put everything out in a week. Um, and when I started the podcast, we were releasing on a weekly basis. Now we've switched to a bi-weekly basis because honestly, the pressure of a weekly production is just too much because we wanted to be able to, sh to make sure that we produce a quality podcast and quality guests. So we switched to every other week and that seems to be the cadence that's working well for us and for the audience. Our very first guest was Don Akery. Don at the time was VP and president of TTI Americas. He's an amazing leader. You know, I met Don many, many years ago. He was heading up a supplier that I dealt with. And you could just tell that there was something special about this guy. It's the way that his people talk about him. And quite frankly, from a business perspective, the way that they approached the negotiations for a long-term contract was very different. We truly focused on, I hate these terms, you know, these corporate terms, win-win outcome, but we really did. We talked about what each other wanted, what was important for each company, and together, we weaved together the fabric of an agreement that worked for both parties. Both parties felt good about the agreement at the end of the day. It takes a great leader to empower people to do something like that. And one of the things that struck me about Don is that he really believes in creating a home for people. He wants people to feel safe. So you talk about psychological safety, that's one of the things that drives people. And it's actually in the value statement at TTI. It talks about providing a home. And that hasn't changed for over 40 years. The culture has evolved, but it's retained its core values. And one of the other things that I absolutely love about Don is his executive roadshow. I love the creativity and engagement that he's created. In corporate America, we know we have these monthly reviews with an executive team. And sometimes they go on the road and they have them on site at different locations. And that's the time when you've got to clean up your office and put together the PowerPoints and update the one from last month and try to think of something interesting to talk about. We've all been there, right? That's not what it's about at TTI. He has generated so much engagement and excitement with his monthly roadshows. There's actually a waiting list of people on the sites that want to get onto it. Can you imagine that? What great leadership. And then, of course, he talks about working for Warren Buffett and what that looks like and feels like. So Don was a great first interview and first recording. And when we met Don, we met him in Chicago. He was attending a conference and he graciously took time out of his day, actually his lunch, to come and meet us. We'd booked a suite. And one of the things we hadn't thought about was if you think about booking a suite in a hotel, you really don't have a conference room table. And our microphone arms are designed to be on a conference room table like a desk. They're not designed to be on this lower coffee table. That's the only thing they had in this suite. So that was a bit of a challenge, but we figured it out. And what we didn't think about was the fact that I was a little bit anxious because I wanted this to be right. It was my first interview and I kept swiveling in my chair, swiveling back and forth. And the chair kept banging up against the coffee table, which of course I wasn't aware of, which sent vibrations straight up the mic arm, which caused, as any of you know anything about audio, massive problems. That vibration went straight into the microphone. So editing was a real challenge. 
But we worked our magic and we got a pretty decent uh, audio recording. So it's one of my first lessons learned from podcasting. Episode two was Laura Lawson. She's the chief people officer at United Wholesale Mortgage. I read a lot about the culture at United Wholesale Mortgage and their CEO, Matt Ishbia. He's actually written a book about corporate culture, about running the corporate offense. And it runs parallel with his sporting analogy and his time as a basketball player at Michigan State. And I'm not much into sports, so I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. So I read the book and I've heard a lot about this culture and they really profess to have more of a servant leadership culture where they really are there to support their people. Didn't quite believe it, to be honest. But I will tell you now, after interviewing two executives at United Wholesale Mortgage, they absolutely practice what they preach. And Laura Lawson is an extremely interesting person. She started her career while she actually started at Chrysler, but she spent a lot of time in Hollywood as an executive producer on The Ellen Show. She's been described as the chief architect of culture at United Wholesale Mortgage, which is growing at an incredible rate. And if you haven't checked the news lately, people really love to work there. But why? Because they really care about their people. And I know you're probably rolling your eyes and saying, well, every company says that, but they actually do it. And here's some of the things that they do. In their culture, they practice what they call a thumb pointer approach, not a finger pointer approach. Think about that. They don't like this blame culture, which destroys so many of our business cultures and influences our working lives when it's not done properly. They want to stay away from blame culture. They want fun and friendship in the workplace. They have a dance party every Thursday afternoon. Can you imagine that? And why not? On this interview day, it was a cold day. And at the time, I was using the mobile podcast studio so I can take it and set it up and I remember the day I was in Pontiac, it was so cold, and I had to trundle his podcast studio into the offices, into their head office. And the first person you meet, there's a security guard, and he's the nicest guy I've ever met. He's so warm and welcoming. And that's the first impression you get from United Wholesale Mortgage when you go into their office, and it really sets the tone. Lots to learn from Laura Lawson. It's the culture that I always thought should exist in a corporate environment, but I never thought would actually exist, certainly in automotive and reality, but there it is. And I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to learn more. So then I moved on to Renee Harmon. She is the Vice President of Leadership at United Wholesale Mortgage. Now, Renee, they don't call her by her title, they call her coach. When you walk down the hallway in the office, people actually refer to her as coach. They say, good morning, coach. And you can just feel the level of respect that they have towards her. At the time, Renee had about 140 leadership coaches on site at United Wholesale Mortgage, supporting over 500 plus team members. I mean, this is commitment, right? They don't just say they care about people. They actually invest in putting in resources. And it shows in their results, and in terms of their retention. And they're, al- they're also ranked in the top five training teams across the country. After United Wholesale Mortgage, I moved on to Kevin Browett. Kevin at the time was CEO of Renaissance Media Solutions. 
And he's a publisher of a local magazine in Michigan called Scene, S-E-E-N. And when I really started to get to know Kevin, I didn't realize that he'd previously held several senior executive roles. At one point, he was an EVP of Kmart running an $18 billion P&L. That sounds very impressive, doesn't it? But that's not who he really is. He's a man who was born to serve. It's just in his DNA. He's got this great sense of building and bonding and galvanizing a community together. And it started with his upbringing in a one red line town in Pennsylvania, as he describes it. Tremendous values driving Kevin. And I learned so much from him and some interesting antidotes and some interesting anecdotes about personal accountability. He gets up at 3 a.m. I thought I get up early, but he takes it to a whole new level. But yeah, 3 a.m. And that's when he starts his workout. So there's a lot to learn from Kevin Browett. After Kevin, I interviewed Janine Hanley. Janine is one of those people who I've known in the auto industry. We've been at a lot of the same events. We're both part of the, t- uh, the top 100 leading women. And we've seen each other at, at a few of those events, but I didn't know her really well. I knew her by her reputation in the industry, and it's a good one. And what really impresses me about Janine is that she not only survived Leah Corporation, but she thrived at Leah. Now, in fairness to Leah, Leah is doing a lot lately to drive the right culture. But the culture in the past, it's known for being a hard, aggressive sort of tier one business. But Janine stayed with that business for over 25 years. And she grew her career from being an engineer to president of the E-Systems Division, a business with revenues of over $5 billion, 50 manufacturing sites, and 70,000 people. That's a lot of responsibility. And she's always held firm to her authentic leadership beliefs. And she believes in modeling behavior. She believes that we win as a team. She's a self-confessed strategy zealot. And she is indeed. She's a very impressive female leader. And she talks in the interview about her interview with Mary Barra. She actually sat down and interviewed Mary right before Mary became CEO of General Motors. There's a lot to learn from Janine about innovation. Because as president of the E-Systems division, she had to deal with a lot of innovative and transformational changes at Lear. Janine came to my house for the interview. This is a pre-COVID world, of course, and I would offer my guests the option. I can either come to their place of work to make it more convenient to them with the mobile studio, or they can come to my house if they prefer. So Janine came to my house, and we enjoyed a lovely cup of tea. And for those of you who know me, you know I love to drink tea. And I love to drink it in my mother's china teapot and teacups. So we had a lovely cup of tea, and then we got into the interview. So Janine Hanley is definitely one of those leaders to keep an eye on to see where she ends up next. After Janine, I interviewed Nick Skizlak. Nick is the founder of SS Digital Media. When I first met Nick, I saw him receive an award at uh, an event at the Gem Theater in Detroit. And I was blown away by his reaction to receiving the award and how his team responded to the whole event. You could tell they were genuinely excited and proud that their boss and leader was getting an award, and so I had to know more. 
I interviewed Nick at his office in Troy, Michigan. And again, it was a cold day, and I remember trying to get the mobile studio up the elevator, but we did it. We got it set up. At this point, I'm getting a little bit better at setting up that mobile podcast studio, and off we went. Now, at the time of the recording, Nick is a millennial, and when you look at his accomplishments and the strong voice that he has in his business, sometimes it's hard to remember that. But he is indeed a millennial, and he embodies all the traits of authentic leadership that we need for the future. And he runs a company full of multi-generational employees. Now, that's a bit of a challenge. Sometimes it's easy to forget that when you look at his accomplishments that he is a millennial and the voice that he puts forward in the industry. But I have to say, um, you know, for me, he's he's killing it. He's leading a, a, a company that really is going places. And he sees value in diversity. Uh, and he sees value in the multi-generational approach to diversity. And I admire him for that. He talks in the interview about making his entrepreneurial journey, how that impacted his leadership style, and how he shifts from being in the weeds and doing everything himself to trusting, delegating, and letting go. He talks openly about having tough conversations with his team and his thoughts around radical transparency and what that really means. We talk a lot about transparency, but what does it really mean? And what I love about Nick, he's able to articulate that. One of his favorite quotes comes from The Andy Griffith Show, and it's this, I'd rather be nice than right. Easy to say, not so easy to put in practice, but Nick certainly does that. After Nick, I moved on to Christy Furco. At the time, Christy was president of mortgage banking at Flagstar Bank and vice chair of the Mortgage Bankers Association. Uh, Now, uh, Christy is heading up home lending for Wells Fargo, and I couldn't be happy to see her continued success. She's a special person. Once you meet her, you don't want to leave her. You don't want to let her go. Christy came to my house. Quite frankly, I'd never met her, and there was this immediate sort of bond and feeling of trust and warmth when you meet her. It's really hard to describe. You've got to meet her to know exactly what is the magic that is indeed Christy Furco. She's the daughter of a track coach from Compton, California, and she's on a mission to help people achieve the American dream of home ownership. And if you look at her track record, she is doing it. There's three words that I use to describe Christy. Energy, light, and grace. And this idea of grace, you don't hear that too much in the corporate world. One of the things that Christy says is that she wants and she will give you grace in the event that you make a mistake or take a misstep. And so all she asks is that you give her the same grace in return. And I think that's so powerful. You'll learn much more about that in the episode with Christy Furco. One of the other aspects of Christy is because she grew up as a daughter of a track coach. She believes and practices this idea of your personal best. It's all about your personal bests. And if you think about the corporate world today, often you see those games being played where people like to make themselves look better than others. Whether you know you get some information other people don't have, or you try to make other people look bad so they can make themselves look good. A lot of wasted time and energy in the boardroom today when we practice that type of leadership. Christy, does not. She believes in being your best self and staying true to yourself. I learned a lot from Christy. 
she is definitely one to watch as well. And then I interviewed Heather Klisch. Heather I've known for several years. We worked together for two different platinum equity portfolio companies several years ago. She worked for Acument and I worked for Chessex. And so we've known each other. But um, I, I guess I should tell you about one of our first meetings. It was really interesting. Platinum had decided to have a CEO meeting of all their portfolio companies at the Palace in Auburn Hills because at the time, Platinum Equity owned the palace. Uh, they just purchased it and the pistons. So each CEO was required to invite their head of sales and head of supply chain. So we were there as part of the audience, as we thought. And then the head of portfolio operations decided that uh, it would be a great idea for us to give individual presentations. No warning, no preparation, no nothing. And Heather and I were both called upon to give a presentation. We had about 10 minutes to prep for this, and we did it. We pulled it off, and ever since then, it's formed a bond between us that will never be broken. And what you need to know about Heather is that she operates in automotive typically, but she can operate in any industry. She understands operations, manufacturing operations. She has run multiple plants, and she does it well. People respect her, and it's amazing how she prioritizes family, faith, career, and fitness, and how her leadership compass, her moral compass, guide her leadership philosophy. She's a leader that I admire greatly. There's a lot to be learned from Heather Klisch. And we released Heather right before International Women's Day because, you know, what a great role model for women to hear from and to look to for their careers. And Heather came to my house as well for the interview. And again, we had a lovely cup of tea. And she actually spent some time in the UK. And she gets it. She knows why I drink milk in my tea. And I love that. <laughs> After that interview, we launched. Then, of course, as the interviews started to come out on their weekly cadence. Yeah, not doing that again. Before you know it, COVID hit. And we changed the cadence of the podcast. We moved away from the traditional interview type format. And we moved into individual episodes that were specifically focused on something related to the crisis and leading through the crisis. I was moved immediately to record an episode where I wanted to walk through my experience in leading through a crisis and to encourage people to really see this as the most rewarding leadership experience and opportunity that we could possibly have in our lifetime. Yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, it's awful. And we've never been through anything like this before. But this is when true leadership shines, where we can step up and connect with people like we've never connected with people before in a very deep and meaningful way. And what a great opportunity to deepen the bond of trust with our teams. After that episode, I found myself going through a difficult time, quite frankly, trouble getting up in the morning, not feeling motivated. And I realized I was going through the grief cycle. We all did. We've all gone through some version of the grief cycle during COVID because we're grieving the loss of our lives as we once knew them to be because they're not the same. Everything's changed. And who better to help me navigate through this than Kathy Mott? Kathy was my first Zoom interview. And so I had to get used to dealing with a virtual platform. Now, looking back, of course, I would never use Zoom. It's the worst possible platform for recording a podcast interview. But hey, you live and learn. <laughs> Kathy's an amazing leader, entrepreneur, and coach. She is an emotional, intelligent expert. 
And Kathy came to me, actually, she was recommended to me. And uh, I'm so glad that I connected with her. And Kathy is the kind of person, she talks giving people space and she will give you space to explore those emotions and help you frame those emotions. And she'll talk about vulnerability and resilience. Um, uh, definitely one of the most interesting episodes we did in season one. As we moved into the second week of COVID and lockdown, we were we were in lockdown at this point. Um, I had food poisoning because at that point we were all reaching into our freezers and pulling food out while I certainly, uh, you know, I, I didn't think that this food had been there that long, but I thought, well, hey, this quiche looks really good. And it wasn't. And I had food poisoning and I ended up passing out on my bathroom floor and smashing my knee on the floor. And then I was terrified to to go to the hospital and we were all in lockdown and, you know, so on and so forth. So two days later, I was scheduled to interview Nick Norris. Now, Nick Norris is a fairly high profile guy. He's a Navy SEAL. He was my first Navy SEAL interview. He had been interviewed on the Tim Ferriss show and I wanted this to be really good and I didn't want to cancel. So I just sucked up the pain and I literally dragged myself from my bedroom to the office, um, the office that's in my house, of course, propped myself up on the chair and pretended like nothing happened and I wasn't in pain. And I met Nick Norris. Now, Nick is an awesome guy. When you think about SEAL team leadership, I read the book Extreme Ownership with Jocko Willink, Willink and I loved it. And I was a little bit surprised that I loved it because, yeah, I'm not really a military kind of person. I think that the military is all about command and control and leaders telling people what to do and soldiers being just, you know, doing exactly what their commanders tell them to do. And I was dead wrong. SEAL team leadership is nothing like that. Nick Norris is one of the finest authentic leaders I've ever come across. He knows how to build trust and really help people deal with uncertainty because you know that they deal with a lot of that of being a Navy SEAL. And as we were facing this pandemic, we've never been through anything like it before. It was an unprecedented situation. There's no corporate playbook to follow. So I thought, well, who better than to have a Navy SEAL on the show? Because that's what they're trained for. And Nick shared a lot of SEAL team leadership with us in the episode. And I loved the way that he talks about building the bond of trust through Hell Week. And if you think about it, we've all been through this, this shared struggle with the pandemic, which you could say was a bit like an extended Hell Week, but that's an opportunity to build trust. And in this situation, really a life and death situation, when he's in, he was in active duty as a Navy SEAL, he faced this. You don't know what's coming at you. So there's a lot to be learned from Nick Norris, and he completely blew me away. And I love the work that he's now doing. And I love the camaraderie, obviously, that they have as a Navy SEAL team. Um, but what he does to honor people that he has served with, he talks a lot about the, uh, the foundation as he honors the legacy of Charles Keating, who was a Navy SEAL who gave his life defending our country. And I'll drop a link to the C4 Foundation in the, uh, in the show notes. Then, uh, for another perspective during COVID, we switched to Mira Griffiths. Now, Mira, I'm sure you're thinking, okay, maybe my sister. No, I'm not related to Mira. 
Uh, Mira and Peter run a coaching business in Europe called The Mind Takeaway. And as we connected, I think maybe about a year and a half before recording this episode, I was a guest on their podcast and we stay connected. We believe in the same philosophy of leadership and their successful coaching business is it's focused primarily in Europe, Saudi as well. It is a global business, but they're based in Europe. They're based in Germany, in Berlin. And of course, my expertise tends to be more US-based, so we've developed this wonderful relationship working together. And as I've really gotten to know Mira, Mira was actually a wartime refugee. And I thought, wow, how fascinating would that be to have a wartime refugee perspective? Mira talks about the time where she grew up in the country formerly known as Yugoslavia, and she and her family had to flee the city she was born in and leave absolutely everything to be destroyed during the war. Imagine having to deal with At that time, we were all complaining because we couldn't get toilet paper from Costco or Lysol wipes. And here's this woman talking very sort of -of matter-of-factly about what she's learned about going through the refugee experience. It's a lot to be learned from Mira Griffiths. And then after Mira, I interviewed Jim Bianchi. Jim is president of Bianchi Public Relations, well known in the automotive space in the Detroit area. And at this point, we were starting to figure out how to communicate to people. So many stakeholders, right? There were customers, employees, suppliers. Everybody wanted information, and sometimes there just wasn't any information available. So coming out strong, coming out early, even when you didn't have all the information was important. And Jim talked a lot about the communication process and how communication is one of the basic tenets of authentic leadership. I learned a lot from Jim. And then after Jim, I interviewed John Anderson. John is the co-founder and the CEO and author of the book, Replace Retirement. Now, if you're at that point where you're wondering why we're all on this treadmill of life moving towards retirement, you know, there's that pot of money or an age or some number that we've got in our heads that we're going to retire, then Maybe we have a plan after retirement. Maybe we don't. Maybe we just go get a condo in Naples and play golf or, you know, whatever you want to do. I I couldn't really accept this idea of coming to a number or a pot of money and then just ending my career. I love what I do. And that's one of the reasons that I left my corporate job to do what I absolutely love to do and to keep going. I got no idea in my mind. There's no number or pot of money that I'm going to say, okay, that's it. I'm going to stop doing what I love to do and then do what exactly. And so John could really relate to that. And he talks about living your legacy in the exponential age. And if you haven't read the book, I would certainly suggest you listen to the podcast episode and also grab the book. And after that, I interviewed Dave Sanderson. Now, if you don't know who Dave Sanderson is, He was the last passenger off the plane that landed in the Hudson River in January 2009. And he's written a book, and it's called Moments Matter. And he uses that experience to inspire others to this day. He talks about the fact that it's not always the person with the title that takes the leadership, the strong leadership role. He wasn't the person with the title. He was just the passenger that day. But he stepped up and took a strong leadership role in that crisis. So again, a lot to be learned from Dave Sanderson. Although I have to admit from a a background standpoint, recording on Zoom was 
really challenging, particularly on his episode. And we learned a lot from that. And then later on, we've switched to a podcast recording platform. So for any of you podcast enthusiasts out there, don't record on Zoom. After Dave, then I interviewed Ryan Berman. Now, Ryan Berman has written a book, and it's called Return on Courage. He runs a company called Courageous Brands, and he's all about courage. I've not actually met Ryan face-to-face. He lives in California. But right after I left my corporate job, and Ryan sent me a note on LinkedIn and congratulated me. And he said, you know, five years from now, you'll wonder why you didn't start soon. And I thought, wow, you know, this guy took time out of his day to send me a note, didn't even know me. Um, but I will always cherish that. I, I often think back on that fondly. And everything that Ryan publishes resonates with me 100%. And he believes in developing courageous brands. And you'll hear a lot about how he does his work in the podcast episode. He works with companies like Caesars Entertainment. He works with Major League Baseball companies, UNICEF. Um, but he's an incredible guy. A lot of energy, a lot of personality. So definitely tune in and listen to Ryan Berman. And after Ryan... I interviewed a Gen Z CEO, and you're probably going, wait a minute, what? A Gen Z CEO? Yep. Well, when I interviewed Michael Chime, he was 21 years of age. He was a Yale student. Boy, you want to talk about <laughs> mission and purpose-driven leadership. He is the founder of Prepared, and it's Prepared is an app, and basically what it does is it connects schools and emergency services during a crisis situation where every second counts. And his story is fascinating, how and why he was inspired to come up with the idea and how he leads. And you might think, you know, what could you possibly learn from a 21-year-old kid from leadership? (laughs) I guess again, I will tell you, Michael Chime has all of the authentic leadership traits to drive a successful company to bind people to him. He's got the vision, mission, and purpose, and he's got good gut instincts. That's Michael Chime, the Gen Z CEO. After Michael, I recorded Caitlin Davis. Now, I met Caitlin, oh gosh, I think at a Mish Auto event or maybe, uh, yeah, at a Mish Auto event. And we met at the WeWork office in Detroit, which is one of my co-working spots, and they have a podcast studio there. So I thought I would try it out. So I took my own microphone slow and my own interface and recording system because I'm comfortable with my setup and I like it. I don't want to use anything else. And uh, Caitlin at the time was a millennial. Uh, I guess she still is. I guess once you're in that generation, you don't change. And she, what I love about Caitlin is she is Caitlin Davis. She has her own brand. She's very much at the forefront of mobility in the city in Detroit. Uh, But she's, I, I call her the ambassador for millennials and mobility. And when you listen to Caitlin Davis, you will understand why I say that. And after that, I recorded Anne Carter. Now, Anne Carter is, uh, when I recorded Anne, I actually drove to Chicago and I met her in a hotel and it it was March 5th, right when COVID was starting to hit. And at that point, there were one or two cases of COVID in Chicago and it was kind of weird bit of an eerie feeling. There was kind of tension in the air. Michigan Avenue was quieter than it normally is. 
And I remember taking a Lysol wipe in my hand to press the button in the elevator, which I'd never done before. Wasn't sure exactly why I was doing it, what I was doing. But this was pre-lockdown. It's just starting to happen. But Ann Carter, you know, is one of those people that yeah, people just absolutely love to work for her. Somebody who'd worked for me many years ago worked for Anne when she was in her leadership role at Baxter Healthcare and absolutely raved about her. And when you listen to the podcast, you'll hear, you'll understand why. But then that wasn't enough for Anne because <clears throat> after uh, Black Lives Matter, after the George Floyd situation, Anne said to me, you know, I'm not comfortable releasing that episode because we didn't really talk about it because it hadn't happened when we'd recorded it. So she said, let's record an episode and talk about it. And I thought, oh, I didn't want to. I mean, I got to be honest. I, I'm good talking about leadership and the workplace and people, but I didn't, I felt uncomfortable talking about racism, just like many of you do. I did. And so I had to fall on the sword with Anne and I trusted her to lead me through the discussion and she did. And so we have two episodes with Anne Carter out there. And then after that, I had the opportunity to interview an episode with my very first boss. Yep, Paul Humphreys. He's a Welshman. At the time, he was a senior leader at Flex. And uh, it was interesting to talk to Paul because we've both come a long way in our careers. But he, to this day, is a man that I admire and respect. And he was very much a mentor to me along the way. And we got a few stories in there that you might want to listen to. After that, I interviewed Todd Ballard. Todd was just, yeah, I caught him like fresh off the heels of his exit uh, from the CMO for GoPro. And uh, Todd's a really interesting leader. And I, I, I wanted to interview Todd because he was, you know, he's in the, more of the tech space. And I think it's important to bring different viewpoints into our beloved automotive industry. And he talks a lot about offsite meetings. He likes offsite meetings. You know, I, I love that. And he actually led me to um, another guest that came into season two, which was Clint Bruce, who's another military guy. And uh, if you haven't checked out the Clint Bruce interview, you have to do that. And my final interview for season one was Dr. Andy Palmer, former COO of Nissan, former CEO of Aston Martin. I've had my eye on Andy Palmer for some time as a podcast guest. Selfishly, I want to talk to him because when he was CEO of Aston Martin, they made a decision to invest in Wales, my home country, and I feel a bit of a bond to him. But I've heard so many things about his leadership over the years. And if you think about his career, he started in a very ingress aggressive automotive environment in the UK. And then he was spent a lot of time in Japan with Nissan, COO at Nissan. A lot to be learned there, very different leadership culture. Then he really got to put his mark on things at Aston Martin. And now he's extremely active in the mobility space. So that's it. Season one comes to an end. We're going to take a little time off. We're going to move the studio. We're going to upgrade the studio so we can provide even better quality. We're going to take time to reflect and refresh the format to make sure it's really meeting the needs and the mission of our audience if you've got any recommendations or changes, please email me at jan, J-A-N, at gravitasdetroit.com and let me know your thoughts. And 
I wish you all the best on your quest for gravitas. And remember, gravitas is the hallmark of authentic leadership. Thank you for listening to the Automotive Leaders Podcast. Click the listen link in the show notes to subscribe for free on your platform of choice. And don't forget to download the 21 Traits of Authentic Leadership PDF by clicking on the link below. And remember, stay true to yourself, be you, and lead with gravitas, the hallmark of authentic leadership.